This is Lead Minister Nathan Pelahowski of RSCC. I just want to welcome you to the RSCC podcast. Here's something I want you to know. I want you to know that you matter. Not because I say you matter, but because God says that you matter when he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Today I hope this message challenges you and encourages you to take your next faith step. People here today, so we should have some energy, and I am pumped that you're here today. We are in the middle of the series. I promise we're almost done. So, with you Christmas lovers, we got like two more weeks, and then we'll get into our Christmas series. It's flannel weather, so if you want to be stylish, wear your flannels to church. I see about four or five right now, so it is approved to do that. And we'll be getting our Christmas series, but before we get there, we got to finish this book of James. So, I think we have three weeks left, including this week. So, one more chapter after today, but we'll get there. So, we're on this series that's called Paparazzi living out your faith while the, everyone is watching or the world is watching. And, and it's on the book of James, and we've talked about a lot of things. And, and kind of to summarize the book of James and why I like it so much is it, show me. I'm a show me guy. So James is like, hey, you say you have a faith in Jesus. You say you're a Christian. Show me. Show me with how you spend your money. Show me with how you treat people. Show me with how you, you handle your, you know, your, your finances. Show me how you treat your spouses. Show me how you love people. Just show me that you... Believe in Jesus by the way you live. So he's been talking about that, and today we're going to continue with this. And, and I want to say today is going to be one of those conversations that we're going to struggle with a little bit. I'm going to read what I'm about to read in a few moments, and what James has to say. And what you're going to think about right away is like, what does that mean? What is, what's he saying? It doesn't seem to make sense. And there's going to be some times today, I guarantee it, where you want to push back and say, I don't know if I agree with that. But just listen to what James has to say, because I, I believe James is trying to give us all a little bit of perspective on how to live. And I want to start there. Uh, I believe today that I don't care where you come from, what you've done, what, what your past looks like, that God has a plan for your life. And, and I know we say that a lot. And I want you to really think about that, though. Don't let it just go, you know, in one ear and out the other, that God has a plan for your life. And what that means is that you matter to God, that you have a purpose, that he has value for you, and it, he has a specific plan and a way that he wants you to live your life. And that is so powerful. And we got to make sure that we're living according to that plan. And, and so in some capacity today, we're going to be looking that, at that and, and looking about how we're to live every single day. Not how we're to live tomorrow, not how we're to live 10 years from now, but how are we to live in today, in, in this moment right here, right now, understanding that our lives matter, that we have value to God. So to get rolling, I, I, I want to kind of tell you about a problem I have. Um, and when, if Whitney was here, she was like, dude, you have a lot of problems, so you can spend a whole sermon talking about all your problems. But I, I have a problem that, that I don't like about myself, and it's something I struggle with. And I've shared it before, but it's, I, I kind of summarize it this way. I'm always on to the next. So I, I remember growing up, one of the things I really wanted to do and, and accomplish in my life was I wanted to be the first one in my family on either side, specifically the Pelahowski side. I wanted to be the first one to graduate college. And, and it took a lot to get there. I was not good at school, but I eventually did it. And I remember getting there. And I remember very vividly not celebrating, not patting myself on the back. I just said, okay. What's next, right? And, and then uh, I remember uh, when Whitney and I bought the house that we live in now, and, and, and we bought the house. It was the first time we, we ever bought a house together, and that's a big milestone, and you buy a house, and I, and I sat there, and like two weeks later, I'm like, okay, this is going to do for now. I can't wait till I get to this and do, get to do this and do that. And my, my entire life, whether it was sports or working out still, it's like I get something, accomplish something. When I was coaching, the same thing, we win. Okay, what's next? And then I remember, you know, we just had a baby and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for this baby. And I held Natalie in my hands. And it was amazing, right? And I remember doing this. And I'm just standing there I'm like, man, I can't wait. 
until you're this. I can't wait until this. I can't wait until this. And what I was doing, I was like, I'm already wishing the time away. And so I got that song by Darius Rucker. It won't be like this for long, playing in my head right now, over and over again. And there's two reasons, because she's screaming all the time. I'm like, hey, just remember, it won't be like this for long. But also, to remember, like, take, take advantage of the day. Because as you guys know, and you tell me, it goes by so fast, right? And, and what I, I realize about myself is I'm always on to the next. And, and I know I talk with a lot of you, and I look at your social media pages and, and watch you, and I think you have the same problem as me. Because I struggle to live in today. I struggle to live in the now because I'm so focused on the next. And I would bet that we struggle together, collectively, to live in the now because we're so focused on tomorrow. That we don't really live in today. We, we live in the next day or the next day after that. Because we are a society that is busy. If I ask you how you're doing through the doors, one of the, I can 90% guess most of your answers. I'm busy, right? You don't say anything else. I'm busy or I'm tired. And that's probably 95% of the answers that I receive on Sunday morning. I, we're consumed. We are, we are busy. There's, there are things and people try, that are stealing, our, not stealing our time, but need our time. There's kids in sports. And as they get older, it's more and more time. There's jobs that want more and more from you, more and more travel, more and more hours, right? They want more and more. Then you got your vacations, and then you got your schedules, you got your Google calendars, you got your event links, you got whatever you use to track your time on, on your phones, and, and you're so busy, and you're so consumed, and, and you, you live so much, you just packed day to day, and we're almost slaves to our schedules, right? And, and we live for tomorrow, we're not really living in this day, because this day, well, I got to focus on what I got to do tomorrow. Right? And we're so focused living in tomorrow that we don't live in t today. We don't live in the now. And much of that has to do with, because we're a very futuristic, or very future-focused culture. Right? And when you're a future-focused culture, that means you're always looking ahead. Because if we just stopped and asked and said, okay, take a little quick recess and write out your future, we all have a picture in the mind of what tomorrow looks like. You have a picture in your mind of what you want your future to look like or, or, or what you want the next day to look like. And, and so what you do is when you have, a, you have a, a, a vision, a dream, a goal, what you do, or, or you have a, a picture in your mind, what you do is you start to do things to accomplish those goals. Like, I, I really want to graduate high school, or I can't wait until the next when I get to go to college. Uh, I can't wait. You know, I'm single right now, but man, I can't wait until I get to get married. Then you get married, you're like, I can't wait to have kids. Then you have kids, and you're like, I love them, but I can't wait till they leave the house so we can be with my, I can be with my spouse again. You're like, hey, I, I, I love working, but man, I just can't wait to retire. Like, I'm just, oh man, when retirement comes... Or when this next moment comes, and it's not happening right now, but when I can move out of this house and get to that next house, man, tomorrow, that is my future. So we plan and we work, and there's nothing wrong with that, and we make plans and schedules, and we become so focused on the future that we forget to live in today. And then as I was writing this sermon and looking at the words that James said that we're about to look at in just a moment, something came upon me. And it was just this little phrase. I believe Garth Brooks actually sings a song about it, but I'm not going to play it today. But it's this. What if tomorrow never comes? What if what you're planning for, and you work, work, work so hard to accomplish it, and, and, and you just keep going and going and going and going and working and working and working for tomorrow, whatever tomorrow may bring, but whatever your goal is, what if that never comes? What if you never accomplish it, or what if it literally never comes? What if you're so focused, and I'm so focused on tomorrow, 
and tomorrow is not, not promised, and it may never come, that we forget to live right now. What if we're so focused on today, or, or what if we're so focused on tomorrow, we never stop to say, God, what did you want me to do today? What did you want me to do? Because after all, we are followers of Christ, and we say, God, it is for your will, not my will, and that's why we're here, and we're saying, God, I want you to direct my life. I want you to lead me and guide me, but what if we never stop to pause and say, God, what do you want me to do? So as we get into it today, I want, I want you to just consider this next statement as, in your mind and just say this. As I plan my life, do I ever stop to consider God's will? Or is it all about my plans? So keep this focused on your mind. Keep it just in the back there. And when we get to the end today and we talk about what we got to talk about, and we we're praying at the end, and I hope you go back to this question, is say, as I plan my life, do I ever stop to consider God? Or is it all about my plans? So if you got your Bibles, we'll be in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. And again, these are going to be some verses we're going to struggle with and wrestle with a little bit. Um, but he's going to talk about today and tomorrow and the future. And here's what he has to say to you and I. He goes, now listen. So I, I like this because he's like, you're not listening. Or if you're not, if you're not paying attention, listen. All right? Just make sure you're paying attention. He goes, listen. You, you who say, so this is a... Um, he may, he's not really talking about a real person. He, he's just giving an illustration. So he's like, those of you who live like this, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city and spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do, you not e why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? And then he, then he continues. You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. Right, so he's like, listen. And, and, and these words, I'll be honest. When I, when I hear these words, when I, before I understood them, I struggled with them. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right? You got a plan. Right? You got to make a vid You got to make a goal. You have to be focused somewhat on the future. So, so what is James saying here? Let's break it down. He, gives, he starts off with an illustration. And he gives this illustration of, of a businessman or businesswoman. Now, this may have been a real person that he was referencing, or most likely it's just an illustration. He says they got a plan. They're going to go to this or that city. And their ultimate goal is to make money. And they even, they say, so they're going to go to this location, and they're going to do it for about a year. And, and they're going to do this because they, they want to make money, and they want to make a profit. So they got this plan. And all good businesswomen and men have a plan. He's like, they got this plan, and they're living. And on the surface, you and I want to say, James, what's the big deal? I make plans. All of you have plans for what you're going to do after church today. Where you're going to eat lunch, what you're going to eat for lunch, what you're going to do next month, what you're going to do next year, what you're going to do 10 years from now. You have plans. It, so is it, a, is it a sin to plan? Well, no, because throughout the book of Proverbs, it tells us to have wise counsel and plan ahead. Plan your days. Is it a plan to have a vision? No. I mean, is it a sin to have a vision? No. Is it a sin to have a schedule? No. You got to be organized. You got to have a plan. You got to be, you got to have a vision. So what's the problem? Well, it's what's not mentioned. It's what's not mentioned in all their planning. And it's the same problem for you and I. It's what's not mentioned or thought about in all of our planning and all our scheduling. I like to say it this way. The problem wasn't in their planning. The problem was in their posture. The mindset. The problem, the problem wasn't that they knew where they wanted to go, how long they wanted to be there, and that they wanted to make money. That wasn't the problem. Nothing wrong with making money, nothing wrong with having a plan. 
The problem was what was not in any of the verses. Not once did this person in this illustration stop and say, God, what do you want me to do? Not once did they consider God. Not once, and he's writing to Christians, not once was God even on their mind. It was about a location, a time, and make money. That was all that was on their mind. Not once did he mention God. So it wasn't their planning. It was their posture, to posture as if they were God and they were in control. And, and for you and I, the problem isn't that we want to get married. It's not that we want to have a retirement fund. It's not that we ha- want to be empty nesters. It's not that we want to do this or that. The problem is not when we have a vision, a hope, or a dream or a plan. The problem is, or when it, it doesn't include God. The problem becomes when we plan and we schedule and we schedule and we schedule and we, we become slaves to our calendar that we never stop and say, God, what do you want me to do? James is saying the problem or the issue is that we claim to be followers of Christ, that we claim that we want to put God on the throne, we claim that we want to live according to God's will, and then we go out We grab our tablets, we grab our phones, you you go to your apps, you go to your calendars, you do all this stuff. But you don't stop to consider God in the planning. He's like, that's the issue. It's not the planning. It's not that you have a good idea. It's not that you have a, a business plan or a schedule for your life. So you become so focused on the next that we don't even consider God. That we, we never once say, God, what do you want me to do? So what he's doing is he's not attacking schedules. Right? I bet, though, he would tell you some of you are slaves to your schedule. And that was never how it was supposed to be. But he's not attacking calendars or schedules. What he's attacking, very much so, is not planning. It's a mindset. A way of thinking. Again, he's writing to Christians. He's writing to people who claim to follow Jesus. He's like, listen, you're living as if God doesn't exist. And there's this phrase that I came across this week that one of the scholars that I, re- I was reading and what he was using and talking about these verses, he said a lot of us and a lot of Christians live with this phrase. And you're not going to like the phrase, but we're going to give it to you. It's called practical atheism. And, and what is practical atheism? Practical atheism is when you believe in God, but you've yet to connect that belief to certain behaviors and actions. So you believe in God, but that hasn't transformed the way you live. These, this person illustration believes in God. There's a, it's it's kind of insinuated in the verses, in the book, in the letter that James wrote. They believe in God, but it hasn't changed the way they lived. I'm going to get up on your grill, and this is going to be a little uncomfortable, right? Many of us live like this. We go day to day, planning day to day, as if God doesn't exist. Now you're going to say, whoa, 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 Nathan. I believe in God. I, I trust him with my salvation. And, and, and it's not about believing in God. And I'm not telling you you don't trust him in salvation. I'm just saying you don't trust him in today. Right? You may trust him with your salvation, but you're not living like it today. Right? And that's uncomfortable. And, and we, we live so fast-paced. And we're like, listen, we make all these plans, but we don't stop to consider God. So I'm not asking you if you believe in God. I, I, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say every single one of us here, we believe in God. We believe that God sent his son Jesus to die for us, that if we put our faith in him and and, and are baptized and believe in him and follow him, that we will have eternal life. I'm going to give everyone the benefit of the doubt of that, right? James is saying that's not the issue. 
The issue is, we plan and plan and plan and plan and live as if God doesn't exist. It doesn't change our behaviors. It doesn't change our actions. So it's not do you believe in God. But the question is, has your belief in God transformed the way you live? Because you've got to start with the belief. That's the starting point. But it's got to transform the way you live. Because you, you can't meet God and understand what Jesus did through the resurrection and stay the same. So has your belief in God transformed the way you live? That's the question. And in our society, it's praise to be self-made. Right, I'm self-made. I did this myself. I did this and did that. And I believed that lie for a long time. Right? I come from a broken family, poor family, to get to where I got. I'm like, hey, I'm self-made. I don't need anybody. Right? I did it myself. And that's a foolish way of thinking, right? And, and James is like, that's kind of what happens when we live this way. When we don't let, allow our belief in God to transform the way we, we live. And when we start planning our days in that context. He, he's like, you live in a society that praises you for being self-made. For, that tells you that you're in control. That if something's going to happen in your life, you've got to go out and make it happen. So what happens is, is we got Christians and we got people who believe in Jesus and, and we start living our life. And, and we never consider God when we say, God, should I marry this type of person? Should I take this job? Should I do this with my life, God? God, God what do you want me to do? On a practical level, it goes back to our calendars. It goes back to our planning on day to day. We wake up. We're busy. We've got to get the kids ready for school. We've got to go to work. We've got to stop at Starbucks. We've got to stop at Dunkin'. We've got to get our coffee. We've got to get to work. We've got to put in the time. We've got to drive home and sit in traffic. And then we get home. And then we've got to get to the sporting event or sporting practice. And we've got to do this, dance or band. We've got to do all these things. Then we've got to get, get dinner on the table. And at some point, we've got to do homework. And then at some point in the day, you might have some free time. And then you sit down on the couch and you put on some football or basketball or, or TV show, whatever you watch. And, and you fall asleep. And not once did you consider God in your entire day. Because we're so focused on the next that we don't stop to say, God, what do you want me to do? So as we read these words, it's almost like we got to ask ourselves, as we're planning our lives, as we're planning our days, as, as we're looking ahead, are you leaving God out of your plans? Now, you may, we, we may never even thought about this. We may have never thought about this. Like, this may have been the first time you've ever thought about this, and this may be the first time that you realize, you know what? Maybe I am. And that's why we're talking about it. Because these words that James write, I think we just want to skip over them or kind of read them and not apply them. But if, we, if you don't do something about it today, right, if you don't do something about living this way today, it becomes easier to leave him out tomorrow. And that's why we're talking about this. So James says, like, listen, there, there's a lot going on in your life. And if you don't do something about it, and that's why he's writing to him, if you don't do something about it today, it's going to be easier to leave him out of your life tomorrow. He's like, and some of us are living in a foolish way thinking that we, tomorrow is promised and that we're in control. So he's like, it's foolish because of two reasons. He goes, the first reason it's foolish is you're not in control and your life is uncertain. You're not in control, right? And listen to what he says, right? He says, today or tomorrow we will go and do this or in that city and spend all that. But, and he continues that. But he goes, you, don't, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow, it's like, you're not in control. 
He's like, you want to plan and act like you're in control? Like you know what's going to happen tomorrow? He's like, most of you can't even predict if the Bengals are going to win today or not. And you think you know what's going to happen tomorrow. He's like, you're not in control. And life is so uncertain. Like you don't know what tomorrow brings. And if you look back in your life from 10 years ago and you look at where you are now, he says there are so many things that you would never predicted would have happened that did happen or not happen. You're not in control. Life is uncertain. So why do you live as if you're in control that you know what's going to happen next? He's like, it's so, unsure, uh, it's so uncertain. And, and then he goes, another reason it's foolish is this. Life is short. Life is short. He, he uses this little, these words, and it's some words that you kind of struggle with because it's kind of, it seems a little dark. But it's not always fun to look at. He's like, what is your life? That's a big question. What is your life, right? Like, and then he goes, you're a mist, that appears for a little while and then vanishes. He goes, your life in the grand scheme of eternity is so short and you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow and you're so focused on tomorrow that you're not living right now and you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow because life is like a mist. It's here one day and then it's gone. He's like, it's so, so short. And you know that. At the best, we're going to get 100 years. And in the grand scheme of eternity, James like, that is nothing. Life is like a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. At this time of the year, I, I kind of think of it this way. Like when you wake up and, and it's still dark outside and you look outside, there's frost on your windows, right? And if you don't have a garage and then there's frost on the grass and it's there. And, and then a couple hours later, it's gone, right? It's gone. It's not there anymore. And James is like, that's what life is like. He goes, it is so short. Doesn't mean your life doesn't have value. Doesn't mean your life doesn't have purpose. But it's so short. And you don't know what's going to happen. It's so uncertain. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But we know this practically that it's short, right? So when you're a little kid, and you got like, you're a little kid, time goes really slow, doesn't it? And then you got like these crazy relatives who only see you like once or twice a year and they come up to you and they're like, hey, you're getting so big or you're growing so fast. And you're like, you guys are weird. What are you talking about? Why are you always talking about how fast I'm growing or not growing? And then you get a little older and then you realize you're that crazy aunt and uncle because you realize how fast life goes. When you're a kid, when you're growing up, when you're a teenager, you're always one like, hey, I can't wait till I get to eighth grade. Can't wait till I get my driver's license. I can't wait till I graduate. Can't wait to play varsity. I can't wait to be, you know, in band. I, I can't wait to, you know, graduate high school. I can't wait to go to college. I can't wait to get married. You're like, life, go faster, 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 faster. Then as you get older, what do you say? Life, will you just slow down? It's going a little too fast. And as the older you get, I'm sure as many of you say, you're older than me, some of you, it goes faster. And in the blink of an eye, I, I think of this. I graduated college and then in, in December, and then we moved here in January. This we moved here in February. This February would be eight years. Boom. We've been stuck with each other for eight years now. That's a long time, right? But it seems so short. And then I think back to college and 
and, and you know, in Lincoln, Lincoln Christian University, and sometimes my buddies and I, we want to get out of that, you know, Christian bubble. So we'd go to the, the rec center in Lincoln, Illinois. And Lincoln was a town of about 20,000 or so. And we'd go to the rec center, and at the rec center, we'd play basketball. And there'd be a bunch of different people. There'd be some older guys who I thought were old at the time, but they're probably about my age now. And we'd play some basketball, and we'd go up and down. And, and then at the end of the games, we would sit and talk. And they always say something like this, because this is what older guys do, right? We do this. Well, man, I, I remember when I used to be able to run like that or jump like that or play for hours like that. How many of you have ever said that? Some of you should raise your hand, right? You say that, right? I remember being able to do that. And they would say something like, hey, just know it goes quick. And we're thinking, yeah, okay, old man, stop making excuses why we just beat you. That's what we're thinking. And then now I think about it. One day I couldn't jump real high anymore, couldn't move side to side, couldn't run up and down for hours. And now sometimes I tweak my back taking the garbage out, right? Like time goes by fast. And we see how fragile it is and how fast it moves. And, and what I think James is doing is, is he's not saying, listen, I'm trying to be a downer. He's trying to give you perspective. He's trying to say this life matters. Every day matters because it's so short. And when you're so focused on the next, when you're so focused on tomorrow, you miss living in the now. And, and you, you miss living in the mist. And, and life is so short and, and it doesn't mean that your life doesn't have value. It doesn't mean that you don't matter, right? It doesn't mean that. But what James is trying to do is trying to give us perspective. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. If you go back to the book of Proverbs, it says this. It says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you, you do not know what a day may bring. And James is trying to give us that perspective. He's not saying don't make plans. He's not saying your life doesn't matter, that you don't have purpose, that you should never plan ahead because the mist is so short. What he's saying He's trying to give us perspective. Is that how you live today, it matters. How you live today matters. The way you view today, the way you plan today, the way you, you treat people today, it matters. Because it, it, you don't know what tomorrow, tomorrow's gonna bring. You don't know what's gonna happen the next day. You don't know what's gonna happen a, a month from now. You can make plans. You can have a schedule. But don't get so busy living in tomorrow that you forget to live right now. James is a pastor. And he's writing to Christians. He loves the people he's writing to. He's saying, listen, today matters. How you live today matters. And don't live as if you know what's going to happen. Don't live as if you're in control of tomorrow. Instead, he says, change your mindset. And that's really what he wants us to do. Because I want you to change your mindset. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how long your life's going to be. You know God has a plan for you. So here's how you should live. Instead of saying and boasting about tomorrow, here's what he says. You ought to say this. If it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. If it's the Lord's will, you'll do this. Because as you're currently living, you boast in arrogance. Right? And your arrogant schemes. And all such boasting is evil. He's like, listen, as some of you are currently living, you're living as if you're sovereign. What's that mean? You're living as if you're in control. You're living as if you're on the throne. And you're boasting about it. And how are we boasting about it? He's like, you're so future focused that you, and you think you have all this time ahead and you never once consider God. And, and he's like, that's how some of you are currently living. And it's easy for us, this is really easy, it's easy for us to behave or believe as if that we're sovereign of our lives and our future. 
It's easy to believe that we're sovereign. It's so easy to think that, hey, I'm in control. I, I know what's happening. I, I know. And what happens is that as you start to think you're sovereign and you think to know, know you can control the future, you start to say, God, I don't, God, I got this. I got this, right? I'm good. I'm in control. And Jamie's saying, listen, instead of you being sovereign, live like this. If it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. James is saying, change your mindset from you being sovereign to God, God is sovereign overall, not you. There's one who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. There's one who knows, who holds the future in his hands. And it's not you. It's not me. It's God. God is sovereign. And James is saying, just as you plan your days and as you plan your lives, don't forget this, that God is sovereign. God is sovereign, not you, not me. God's in control. So you ought to say, God, if it's your will. Do we not make plans? Absolutely not. Like, that's not what he's saying. He's like, you make plans. Is he saying, don't make schedules? No, he's not saying that. He's like, just don't write your schedules in pen. Use a pencil. Because we make our plans. Here's how we're going to live. We make our plans. We set our schedule. But we leave it all, all of it in God's hands. God, hey, I really want to marry this person. Is it your will? God, I really want to go to Purdue because we know all the good Christians in Indiana go to Purdue, right? But if you want me to go to IU, I'll still go there, right? God's work needs to be done in devil land, right? God, whatever your plan is, here's my plans. Here's what I want to do, right? Here's what I, I want to do with my kids. Here's where I want to live. Here's, here's my vision for my life. But God, it's in your hands. I'm going to write in pencil. Because at any point in any of this, God, you may come to me, you may say to me, you may do something that points me in a new direction. And it's living with this mindset. If it, happen, if, if, if it is God's will, this will happen. That's how you live. James said, like, that's all I'm telling you to do. Not telling you not to plan, not telling you not to have a vision, not to do any of that. He's like, you need, some of you need to plan more, right? He's like, you need to have a plan about your life. But what I'm saying is like, if it happens, if, if, if it's God's will, this will happen. So he says, you should live if the Lord wills. Now, it's not making this a Christian cliche, right? Because Christians are really good at this, right? We make it a cliche, and we all of a sudden start saying, if it's God's will and everything, right? You're at their house for dinner, and they're like, will you pass the salad? They're like, if it's God's will, and you're like, well, I'm going to stab you in the knee. Is that God's will if you don't pass me the salad? He's like, don't make this a cliche. Don't make it a cliche. Don't, 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 don't make this another Hobby Lobby thing. He's not saying that. Here's what he's saying, and I, I, I put it kind of long up here. It's going to be the next slide. So this, this is, here's what he's saying, and, and this is just kind of working off my mind. He says, this is what this means, kind of practically. I have sought the Lord. I have prayed and planned, because you've got to pray and you've got to plan. And I, and I believe to the best of my understanding, which I do not have a lot of understanding at times, but I've planned, to the best of my understanding, what I'm planning is right, uh, on doing is right in the eyes of the Lord because I know that God has a moral standard and I, I know his word and I know that what I'm planning is according to that moral standard. So I believe it's right in the eyes of the Lord, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. God, you are sovereign and can change my plans because his will overrides my will and I trust that his will, is, will, it, his will is glorious for him and good for me. 
I've sought the Lord. I have prayed and planned, and I believe to the best of my understanding. What I am planning on doing is right in the eyes of the Lord, but I could be wrong. God, you are sovereign and can change my plans because his will overrides my will, and I trust that his will is glorious for him and good for me. That's how James is saying to live. God, here's my plan, but if you change it at any point, your will is better than my will because you're sovereign and I'm not. It's putting God on the throne and taking yourself off. And then he goes to verse 17. And it's, it's kind of a weird verse, but it, it's a verse of urgency. He goes, if anyone then, because it's in perspective that life is a mist. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So if anyone then who knows the, good, the, knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. James is saying, listen, I, I've, I've spent this letter telling you how to live. God, God has shown you his moral standard, and you know the things that you ought to do. And at this point, if you don't do what you ought to do, he's like, you're living in sin. And this is really important. I like this a lot because, because how we often think of sin is like the tablets, the, the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not kill. Like it's all the thou, thou shalt nots. So we think like if I'm just not doing those bad things, I'm good. And James is saying, listen, that is sin. That, that's part of sin. Because most of you know those really well. Because the sin that most of us struggle with is knowing what God tells us to do and not doing it. It's called the sin of omission. That you know God has a plan for your life. And you know he's calling you to do something. And for some of you it could be getting out of addiction, giving, a, you know, stop sleeping around, get out of a relationship, stop lying, stop stealing, stop judging, stop hating people. And in the context of the day, you know that God is, is James and God is telling you, listen, hey, plan for the day. Include me in your will. Like, you know what you ought to do. But someone say, I'm just not doing it. I'm not going to be a bad person. I'm not going to cheat on my spouse. I'm not going to, you know, go kill someone. I'm not going to steal from IGA. I'm not going to steal. I'm just not going to want you, I'm just not going to do what you want me to do, God. And, and James says, they, they just don't do what they know they ought to do. James says, that's you. You know what you ought to do and you're not doing it? It's sin. You're living in a life of sin. And my job and our job as a church is to make sure we don't leave here today leaving in a life of sin, isn't it? That's our job. So I, my job is like, how in the world can I apply all this and give you one practical thing in the next three, four minutes that I can give you to leave with today so you don't leave here knowing what you ought to do and not doing it, right? And, and at some point it's on you, but we got to give you a way not, to, to not, you know, to do what what you ought to do. We're going to leave you with that. And it's going to start with this. It's going to start with understanding I'm no longer going to be a slave to my schedule. I'm going to plan. I've got, got to be places at certain times. But I'm no longer going to be a slave. Event link in Google calendars is not going to run my life. Google, you do not have control over me. Sports, you do not have control over me, right? I, I, I'm going to work. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be, you know, proactive. But I'm not going to con continually live for the next. I'm going to start focusing on the day. All right, so what I wanted to give you is it's waking up with a mindset. Because a lot of this is all perspective and mindset. And here's the mind mindset. How can I glorify God today? Because you're only given today. You're only given, right, you're only promised what we have right now. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not saying, well, hey, it's got, it's really good time. Like, I know you're calling me to do this, but maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Well, James is like, oh, tomorrow may never come, so you need to start doing it today. Our life matters. What we, how we live matters. And James says, if you're always on to the next, always focus on tomorrow, you're missing out. So James is encouraging 
What James is encouraging is a heart posture that has God at the forefront of all that you do. Because he knows that we get so busy trying to figure out how to get ready for the next, right? We get so busy trying to figure out how to get ready for tomorrow that we overlook the opportunities provided today to glorify God. There's an old rap song that says, today is a good day, right? Today is a good day to glorify God. Today is a good day to forgive someone. Today is a good day, because you're not promised tomorrow, to go forgive that person that you've been hating and holding hurt and, and anger feelings for for so long. Today is a good day to go to that person that you hurt. Say, man, I, I'm so sorry. Today is a good day to say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Today is a good day to wake up and say, God, how can I glorify you today? Not tomorrow, today. Because tomorrow may never come. And what is, what is your life but a mist that's here that vanishes? Today is a good day. And it starts with this, going back to Proverbs, where it says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Today is a good day. Life is brief. Life is uncertain. Life is short. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But the good news is, in a world that has uncertainty... God has sovereignty. And God calls himself a father. And fathers love their kids. And God has a plan for your life and he loves you. He has a will for your life. And your best life is lived in that will according to his plan. I want to end with the words of Jesus. He kind of talked about this sometimes. So Ramon says this, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow, tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 2,000 years ago, Jesus had this radical idea. You focus on the day, I'll handle tomorrow. I'll handle tomorrow, you focus on the day. He's like, I'm giving you permission to no longer be slave to your calendar. I'm giving you permission to glorify God today. I'm giving you permission to trust today. Plan, schedule, because trust God today. And as you trust, your faith will grow. He's like, I got tomorrow, you handle today. And Jesus said, I'm giving you permission to wake up every day and live your life as if you were confident that God was your Heavenly Father and was sovereign over all. And as the worship team comes up, what that means for some of us handling today, some of us need to handle today for the first time, make that step to give our life to Christ. And we would love to have a conversation with you. If that is you, you can go to these double doors and Adam and myself will be standing there. We'll love to talk to you. We'll take you in the fireside room by the fireplace. For others of us, what we need to start doing today is being confident that God's in control. You may trust God with your eternity, but do you trust him with your schedule? Do you trust him with your today? And it starts by living and glorifying God in this moment. Because life is uncertain. Life is brief. And we are put here for a reason, and our life matters. And the ultimate thing we're to do with our life is glorify God. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful that you give us this time, though it's uncertain and we don't know what's going to happen and it's brief. God, we trust that you're in control. We trust that you have a plan. We trust that your plan is good and that you're a better planner than we are. God, you are sovereign over all areas of our lives. Father, and I pray that we live like that and we believe that. 
and we live as if you're in control, and it's your good Father who loves us. It's in your great and precious name we pray. Amen. It's been great hanging out with you guys today. I hope that message challenges you and encourages you today. We would love to have you on campus sometime at one of our services at 8.30 or 10.45 on Sunday. Or to find out more information about RSEC, you can always go to the RSEC Family app. Or follow us on any social media platform at RSEC Family. Most of all, remember, you matter. Not because I say you matter, but because God says you matter. Now go and be blessed.